This is Terrence Marshall, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with the Trash Man. We are finally back into organized team activities, Trash Man. The players are showing up. Aaron Rodgers is already they say he's out there having so much fun <laughs> that he gets hurt. Uh, we'll 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 talk a little bit about that, but we want to just talk about some of the fantasy storylines. Uh, that we are keeping an eye on some of the things that are beginning to percolate out of some of these camps, what some of the beat writers are saying, what the different media departments are putting out there. Um, and yeah, just go over it and see how it affects, you know, everything that we're doing with the dynasty rankings, the dynasty top 250, of course, available to our pro members that trash man oversees. We have the dynasty rookie cheat sheets, which have been updated for standard, you know, one quarterback leagues, as well as, Super flex and tight end premium. Um, I put up the scoring distribution tools for the busts and monsters um, that help me every year to get an idea of just sort of the way that these players, as far as their fantasy scoring, their distribution over the course of the last uh, two seasons or with, with some of these second year guys in their rookie season, just to give us an idea of how they're scoring and stuff. You can find that in your pro download section if you're a pro member. And of course the redraft cheat sheets, the magical, the mystical mythical sheets will be available soon. So uh, if you like this content, you want more of it, please make sure and go check us out over at rosterwatch.com. Also while we're telling you about that kind of stuff, if you could please give us a thumbs up in YouTube, uh, leave a comment. And if you listen to this in Apple podcast or Spotify, if you could help us out there as well. All right, trash man. So I have seven things that I've written down over the course of these last two days, just things that things that I've thought were sort of interesting to bring up. I guess you know we should probably just talk about the Aaron Rodgers thing. It, it said at first like he was limping, all this stuff. They thought it was an ankle, but um, Josina Anderson just earlier I retweeted it from the Roster Watch account. Josina said that it's a calf, it's minor. And they're just going to be kind of taking it easy on it. It's, it is just OTAs, but I think it goes to show, man, maybe that Aaron Rodgers should be <laughs> – he should be out there with these guys sort of getting to know him and stuff like that, but maybe taking it a little bit little bit easy moving forward here. Seems like that they've just had a little scare here, though, that they're going to be able to get through. Well, him and Alan Lazard. Oh, I didn't see Lazard. So oh, really? He, he get banged up too? Yeah. Oh uh, well, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that as well. Add that to my list of stuff here to monitor. A couple of these guys, man, aren't aren't. Uh, did you? I didn't even write that down about Kendra Miller, but you see, he didn't take part in the uh, rookie minicamps. It looks like he's not going to be doing anything during this portion of OTAs either. They're just holding but either him. Either is Alvin Kamara. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And at least at least Kendra doesn't have a court case blooming over him i've noticed him man his adp is really creeping up on underdog lately he's 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 going now he's just a consensus basically you know over the at least this last round of testing that i've done for version 3.0 of the, of the underdog sheet it feels like you know i've, I've probably tested 11 of these things and in, in uh, 11 maybe 
anywhere from 11 to 13 live drafts. And, Ken, and Kendra Miller is going ahead of Roshan right now, which is which – As is, he should. Well, yeah, I, I guess. It feels like Roshan Johnson in Chicago has more of the clear – uh, pathway to at least start the season is the they're talking about Roshan Johnson in Chicago is is the guy that's going to start as the third down back, and I think if Roshan starts as the third down back and shows his wares there, it's going to be easy for a big powerful runner like him to transition to a three down workload. You know, getting getting that third down works the hard stuff. I mean, so I just think with Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman there, those are both two pretty serviceable ba- serviceable backs giving him competition whereas miller i mean i mean i guess jamal williams is in that mix but if there's no alvin Kamara to start the season you know sky's the limit all right so here's here's my th- those weren't neither of those things were things that i wrote down here's here's my first one we'll we'll, we'll kick it off with the biggest news about trey tucker <laughs> in, 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 in las vegas um they're saying that if you reading the athletic, they're talking about guys who on the roster who are safe, right? And at the wide receiver positions, at the wide receiver spot, they mentioned that, um, of course, Devontae Adams, um, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, and Trey Tucker are the guys who are absolutely safe, you know, guys that we're not gonna have to worry about at all. My question is when I started looking at that, I'm like, how the hell does how does Trey Tucker fit in there? <laughs> Because Jacoby Myers played 70% of his snaps out of the slot, right, whenever he, whenever he was in New England last year, right? We know that Hunter Renfro can't play anything except for the slot. And you, you look back at Trey Tucker, I was looking at my write-up for him. Do you, do you realize he was 96.5%? Yeah, he was almost exclusively out of the slot. Like, so what, what are they going to do there with these guys? I know that there have been rumors that, they're gonna, that there could be interest in possibly trading away Hunter Renfro, but – that's another thing. I went and looked at Hunter Renfro's contract details. It's like you forget, man. They gave him a pretty good. They gave him a pretty good deal. Uh, wherever he has a, um, where he has, I mean, who's going to take up his contract that has a thirteen million dollar cap number this year and next? I, I don't know. And and if they cut him, they don't really save anything against the cap. So, uh, could you see Renfro even going anywhere? I mean, I doubt it. The thing is, with the Raiders, I feel like. They're just probably going for a dink and dunk kind of passing offense, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo. So maybe this is what Devontae Adams is talking about. Just when, whenever he was tilted, well, we know he's going to play outside and he's going to be the alpha, right? But you still can't have the lollipop gang. Like you can't just play two slot wide receivers and then Devontae, can you? These guys feel pretty redundant. I mean, if Jacoby Myers really did, I mean, he played 30% of his snaps outside last year. Do you think I could see Myers being the other outside guy? I could see him. I mean, I think he's the best candidate to be that guy. Just, I mean, just, but for the, for the matter of putting together, you know, starting to put together early projections and then also just, you know, for whenever the season starts and then for also just trying to figure out the matchup tool and, and, and the and the individual matchups projecting out over the course of the season. I feel like the Raiders is going to be one of the harder ones to project about who's going to be in the slot, who's outside. Like it doesn't matter. Why? Devon, it's Devontae Adams, maybe whoever's the tight end, and then the running backs. Like I'm, I'm not bothering any other Raiders in fantasy. I'm not. No interest in Jacoby Myers. No. Not even. No. So, on a on a regular basis, he'll be in some garbage grabs. I'm sure, but. Not on a regular basis. 
So in, in, in drafts right now, at the, about the time that Jacoby Myers is going, you can also – like that's – you can get like a Kendra Miller there or a Roshan, maybe an Antonio Gibson. <laughs> then yet, yeah, then like it's – I'm not even – there's no discussion for me. Jared Goff or maybe tight ends like Chigo Conquo and stuff like that. Um, so maybe that's just not an area where I, – I have not found myself getting many guys. Like in this Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers – Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, kind of tier like Sky Moore. It's just like, and at that point in the draft, they're just they're running backs, they're tight ends that I feel like I can kind of stock up on. Then that's why I mean, so the, many- the Raiders couldn't support a second receiver with Derek Carr under center consistently. What makes what makes anyone think that that's that suddenly that's going to be the case with Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I, I view Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr as relatively similar. Even so. I yeah. <laughs> like who are you playing other than Devontae Adams last year on Josh a consistent Jacobs. basis? Josh Jacobs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Next one. This is just a little, this is just something little. Like, why why are we like we're finally getting the the uh, the D Eskridge buzz? Finally, it's just the just the wrong time. He's well, looking he good in OTAs. He, he wasn't completely healthy. Geno Smith is talking year, him up, but he, but it's, it, it it doesn't matter, trash man. Your your D, your D. Eskridge dreams are dead and gone and done. They're over. It's not going to happen for him. But they're talking about how 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 he looks great out there. Maybe they're they're talking about how he somebody like who will use him. Of course, of, of course, D. Eskridge of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, formerly where was he from? Western Michigan was that where he was from? No, Eastern Michigan. Eastern, something I think Michigan. Maybe Eastern. Yeah, good player, man. Good, good prospect that we really like from the Senior Bowl. I just, I thought it was funny. He was always one of your favorites. It feels like he's just, it feels like, um, it feels like he's just, he's just, he's peaking at just the wrong time. He's peaking at just the wrong time for trash, man, in all your dynasty leagues. Um, how about this one? And we, we, we fit on this a little bit, but the Athletic is saying they were talking about position battles to monitor is, is the Detroit lions uh, begin, begin uh, the, this, this early portion of OTAs heading into mandatory mini camps here uh, at sort of mid, mid June. And they're saying that Sam Laporta right now, the rookie tight end out of Iowa has the early advantage to be the starting tight end as a rookie. Are you I mean, buying well, we it? Saw last week they were saying that, you know, Laporta looked like the best player on the field. Well, right. Minus, you know, Gibbs. Well, Jameer Gibbs wasn't on the field. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I, yeah. I mean. I, 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 added, I added that as an epilogue. But, um, yeah, but so I'm not – it doesn't surprise me that Laporta is in the lead. Are you interested in him? I mean, he's a great player. He's a yards after catch monster. He's like he's 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 really good. I'm interested. I'm as interested in him as I'm interested in, in any tight end out. You know, after you know, maybe Dallas Goddard. I mean, like, are you serious? Well, no. I mean, we can't. So t- tell me that. So how do you how do you stack? No, because after Dallas Goddard goes, Darren Waller goes. Okay. So you don't maybe, mean that. Okay. Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't care about David Njoku that much. You, I think David Njoku is going to be good this year. With, with I think he'll be fine, but I think Laporta could be just as good. 
Okay, so do you, do, do, do you think Sam Laporta should be taken in redraft above Dalton Kincaid? Yes. For sure? Yes. What about above Cole Komet? Why not? <laughs> well, because Cole Komet, it feels like he scores the damn touchdown every week with, with, with Justin Fields there. After was, first- that, I think that's a bit of a – that's a bit of a, a stretch. Ooh, it's, I mean, he he didn't score every week, but it was certainly a lot better touchdown stuff for Cole Komet in, in last season than it I was. Then it wasn't his first end, season. A tight end, like a like a tight end. If I'm not getting a top tier tight end, I'm looking for upside. Because the thing is, the difference Set. between those guys after the top tier isn't that great. Yeah, man. But last year, like start, starting in week nine or so, after week nine, it's like o- only two games with less than five targets. And and seven touchdowns, it's like he, he for commit, but th- th- also that Bears receiving core has arguably gotten better. Yeah, no, I get it. So probably on the best ball cheat sheet right now for version three point we're, we're 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 gonna make a big move for that for Sam Laporta. What about do you like him more than? I'm not sure we can make can you you like him more than Dalton Schultz betting on himself in a one year deal down in Houston. Tight ends or a rookie quarterback's best friend? They are. I, I'm not, I probably have them behind Schultz right now. And definitely behind Chigo Conquo just because of the volume that we know Chig's going to get. Yeah. I can't I can't in good conscience put him behind him. So I'm going to move Komet down. I'm actually going to move Dalton Schultz down because I'm not comfortable with the level of exposure we're getting to him. And I'm moving that whole tier down just a little bit to where you'd be choosing between guys like Sam Laporta – I think having a choice of Sam Laporta, like right here in this Kendra Miller territory, right? Having a choice between him and, you know, Kendra, the Sky Moore types, those kind of Zay Jones-ish players we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, I think that that makes sense. Okay. um, What about the Trey Lance stuff? I know we've talked about it before, but this is more because he's working with quarterback coach Jeff Christensen. He says that Trey Lance is just going to look completely – he just says, you're not going to believe it. He said – Of course he's saying that. He said he finally got it uh, one day a couple weeks ago whenever he was trying to explain this concept to him. And I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of you know the quarterback movements and motions and stuff. But there was something he was working on that he, just could, he couldn't get right apparently. Um, some little nuance to his throwing motion. And he had him come – because Christensen works with Patrick Mahomes too, right? And so he said that he had him stand behind Mahomes and watch him do it. And, like, Mahomes did it expertly on this play. And he said it was like something clicked for Trey. And he just he just knew right then that that something had clicked for the guy. Because every day since hopefully then – Hopefully it wasn't his ACL. Better better. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully not. Um, yeah, I just, until somebody oh, like, who's, is not, it, who's is not being paid to coach him up – Says that you know he's says that well, everybody who's coaching him is being better. paid to coach him up. I mean, but I that aren't being paid to coach other players up as well who are competing for the same position. Um, but I mean, do, at, at some point, with how far he's fallen, people saying he's not going to even play for the 49ers, he's probably gonna get traded. Who knows? He's, he's been shitty every time we've seen him, he always gets hurt. But I mean, he, he was a he was a super hot. He was a what the number three pick in the draft. I mean, you, you, you know, there was there's there's something about him. Okay, so it feels like that there's something him? that you could like. Well, just for dynasty, it feels like. I mean, it, would you ship away a 
in a regular one quarterback league, would you ship away a, I don't know, a second round pick for him? Yeah. In a super flex, would you ship away a first? Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I would. I don't think so. But if, but if it's a late first, I mean, at that point, you're just deciding would I rather have this guy or Will Levis or something. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't think That's, it's that weird a conversation to have. And I, I think that probably you might not even need to pay that much for him. So it's just, I mean, there's something to keep in mind there. Like, I'm, I'm definitely holding on Trey Lance. I'm not getting on board with any kind of redraft stuff. But I, I think I'm going to hold on Trey Lance, man. It, it, it feels like there's some real confidence brewing there. And it could be all smoke. It could be all smoke. But if it's not, I mean, we've, we've seen the potential, you know, with these, I mean – We've seen the games where he can use his legs and absolutely, you know, it's like yeah. I mean, super, the ship has not sailed on Trey Lance. Yep. I got to. I got on redrafts and redrafts. I can't touch it. Yeah. Um, this is interesting about your Cowboys, and this is more more philosophical because I've read the quotes from Brian Schottenheimer. I've read the quotes from Mike McCarthy. It sure seems to me like they keep saying that they want to run the ball more. They want to set the defense up to pin its ears back. Um, so it's it's had me worried about Dak Prescott, right? It's had me worried. It's like, well, shit, is his pass volume going to be down? Like, well, you know, do I need to worry about C.D. Lamb? Um, but it just feels like everything that they've done are just things to make it seem like they're going to – I mean, they bring in Brandon Cooks. You know what I mean? That Like, they don't do anything to compliment Tony Pollard except for Ronald Jones and Deuce Vaughn. Who they love. Well, But so – I. So how are they going to – how are they just going to be a ground-and-pound team with Tony Pollard? I don't – I disagree with these people who say that Tony Pollard can't hold up just because he looks like he's a smaller back. He plays like one. He's not. Tony Pollard's a big dude. I mean, I, th- I think he can hold up. But are they really just going to line him up and give him 300 carries or something like that? I, I just – I don't think so. I mean, when has Mike McCarthy ever done that as a football coach? Well, who's the other – I mean, so that means that they have to bring somebody else in. Not necessarily. Why? Why does that mean that? Well, just because they want to get back to the West Coast style of stuff. It's it's McCarthy. It's Schottenheimer. It's Bo- it's Boomer football. They're gonna they're they're gonna want to run it. And they're going to. I think Pollard and some combination of Jones and Vaughn. If they use Vaughn like they say they're going to use him, I think that shapes up for that. Yeah, I just don't. It, it it feels disconnected to me. It feels weird. It feels like the not. I don't everybody's think it's going to be that big of a transition. I, just, I don't feel like the Cowboys are in alignment with what they with, with what how, how how they're being built and what their coach's philosophy is, and it just worries me. Well, that's it. the thing is though. Like, I guess McCarthy's saying that, but I don't know. I mean, when he was with the Packers, I never saw an unbalanced rushing attack there for Green Bay. Yeah. Well, if well, if that's the case, then people are probably too low on Dak Prescott because the, his his ADP has slipped so much due to fears that the offense is going to be a com, you know complete return to the fucking Stone Age. Um, the Panthers. So a couple things. It looks like Bryce Young is finally working with the ones now, <laughs> as if that was going to take long long at all uh, to overtake you know the, the Matt Corrals of the world and everything, but um. The other thing was that I saw a writer again in the athletic, and I don't know the I forgot who it was, saying that that they're hoping that Terrace Marshall can emerge as their top threat. 
I mean, I like Terrace Marshall. After all this, I liked him last year. I mean, but people aren't even drafting him. They're drafting Adam Thielen and Jonathan Mingo and DJ Chark. Nobody's even thinking about Terrace Marshall anymore. It's like for for a local beat writer to say something like that to me, and 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 to single Terrace Marshall out as a player to keep an eye on during OTAs. I just thought like let's put a little pin in that Terrace Marshall thing, and let's remember that vis a vis the way that we view Thielen, the way that we view Jonathan Mingo. And the way that we view um, DJ Chark, if, if Terrace Marshall is going to be a part of that, um, it could it, it could you know certainly it would it would displace some of those guys as 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 far as their targets. And if it turns out that he could be, becomes a reliable target, you know all the better for Bryce Young. He's going to have some he's going to have some you know it's not all star cast, but those four wide receivers they bring in Hayden Hurst as a tight end. Um, and they, uh, you know, they have Miles Sanders, who, if Bryce Young really is like a, a Drew Brees type of quarterback, we know that Drew Brees was just the dump off king to these guys. So Bryce Young's a Bryce Young is a guy that could maybe benefit from that Terrace Marshall stuff, but just something to keep in mind. And then the final thing here was I saw a tweet from our friend Jared Smola, who's been here on the podcast from Draft Sharks retweeting a video of Brees Hall saying he's he, he he's exactly seven months today off of his ACL tear and it showed him running on the field he he was in full he was out there in pads running but on the side field away from the rest of the team running a whole hundred yards and then like cutting off his left leg going right getting back up to speed I mean he he looks good to me he doesn't look like a guy that's seven months off ACL I do believe that you know from what Joe Douglas told us at the combine that like, look, man, like his, his recovery is going well. Like, and I said, well, like, have you seen him? He's like, yeah, like I've, yeah, yeah, I've seen him. His, his recovery is going well. They're saying it's going good. Like we're expecting him to be ready to go for week one. Um, A lot of times that could be a big time lie. You know, I feel like Sean Payton could be lying about this week one stuff for Javante Williams just because I did see that uh, pro football doc, our good friend, Dr. David Chow on sports injury central said, he's not going to be to 100% capability until midway through next season, whether he starts next season or not, you know, that's to be determined. And like he said, no two players are the exact same. Every player is different, but it's a lot of, a lot of hints of JK Dobbins last year with Javante in his, injury the extent of the injury the various ligaments and his uh estimated timeline and he was right yeah, on i'm, with, I'm with definitely JK. buying i'm definitely buying samaje p ryan where i can he's he's getting a, he's getting a little bit expensive like we we talked about those guys are you taking him before that kind of area that we talked about with with roshan and kendra miller antonio gibson rashad penny sort of falls in there too charbonnet damian harris AJ Dillon, do you, do you like Samaje better than those guys? Maybe not more than Dillon, but I mean, I think he's in that conversation for sure. I'm not taking, I'm not taking oatmeal pants Samaje over any of those guys, man. Give me the upside of these other dudes. Give, what, what, am, what, what am I going to get? Samaje Pirine for four games or something like that to start the season. I'm left with a bag of coal. Four games, and then he becomes their third down back. What do you think? What are your storylines? I, 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 I just went through seven of them that have kind of stuck out to me. Okay, so one of mine was this uh, John Mechie. Um, 
Well, they're saying that uh, D'Amico Ryan saying he's expected to be ready for training camp, but I didn't know that he'd suffered a hamstring um, early in the off season. Yeah, um, well, they, but they, but they're, I, they're, but they're saying that he's going to be involved in OTAs now. Are they is he not? I, I, I haven't seen the reporting. Is is, is 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 he not taking part? Did he not take part yesterday? Um, I didn't see whether he took part yesterday. It's, it's just said he was expected to be ready for training camp. Okay. Well, that's definitely something to keep in mind, and it cracks the door open a little bit for, for, the for my boy Dell. Tank. Yeah, for Tank for 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 Tank Dell for sure. So that was one. Also, this well, I mean, Lucky Jackson being signed by the, ex, by, uh, the Vikings, so at least they're adding a little bit more wide receiver firepower there. And one of the XFL stars. Are you kidding me? Are you telling me? Are you calling? You're calling that firepower? I mean, it's it's not nothing considering how shallow the Vikings' receiving core is right now. L- Lucky Jackson. Can I just turn off the damn podcast right now? Lucky Jackson from the XFL. I mean. What the hell are we even talking? So, well, so what did he even do? So he he got thirty six passes for five seventy two and five touchdowns in, t- in ten games with the DC Defenders. <laughs> that's not adding firepower, trash man. That's adding a camp body. <laughs> oh my god! Well, what about Richard Bateman being on field for the first day of OTAs? Oh, I saw that. That's good, right? That's allegedly. Good. Yeah, it's good. Well, no, I mean, dude, here's the thing with this whole thing with the Vikings, the way I've decided it. These Vikings wide receivers are going too early in these drafts for me to take them. Rashad Bateman was a good value for a while there. He, start, he started to creep up a little bit. To me, it's just like, to me, this all means Lamar Jackson, you know, just just move up Lamar Jackson, see, see about getting exposure to him and getting exposure to all these players through him. Yeah, I think I think yeah, just too much competition for a wide receiver there in Ravens. And we don't know what that offense is going to look look like. There's so much speculation that they're going to throw the ball more, but then you have two good tight ends already there too. It's just a model situation. Um but it is good that Bateman's getting out there. I mean, well, I think know, he should you- project to be the team's lead receiver entering the season well well, here's the thing trash man at least they didn't go out and sign lucky jackson because then it would just be (laughs) way too muddled um also there's time there's uh ty montgomery jesus christ what's the ty montgomery thing um well the former patriots running back coach said he thinks montgomery has a good chance to be the third down back for the patriots this year so does, does that worry you about Ramondre Stevenson? I saw our friend. I saw our friend Derek Brown just had a take on Twitter. I thought it was just you know just a fire breathing take. He's, he says he's taking Ramondre over Christian McCaffrey this year. <laughs> love, love you though, Derek. Man, I'm not talking shit. It was like oh, wow. It's an interesting. I mean, I think we have just we. What is the opposite of rose colored glasses? 
Is there is there something? No, I don't know. Well, whatever it is, we have it. We have those glasses on for Ramondre Stevenson. Some kind of some. I I think you got to be wearing beer goggles to see him. <laughs> anything anything better than Christian McCaffrey, man? Come on. I mean, but we. I mean, we've <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson has been infamously pilloried um, yeah. on this podcast. Look, he turned out better than I ever thought. I wasn't even sure he was going to get drafted. So it's like. You know, that's probably yeah. Something. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe if we're talking about touches, maybe you know, maybe he'll get 300 touches this season. Yeah, I mean, not if they're talking about touch. There's not if there's all this interest in Ty Montgomery as a third down back. It's like I don't know. Well, I, I I don't care about Montgomery. I think for the for the Ramondre stuff, it, you know, it makes sense to sort of bring it up. Do you got any other storylines that you just have to get out there and talk about? Tank Bigsby. Has the inside track to be the number two back there? I saw that was who was that who was that that tweeted that was that John Shipley? Yeah, yeah, I saw. I I mean, isn't that didn't you always figure that was going to happen over like the Dearness Johnsons of the world and stuff? I I, I mean, but I didn't think it would be so quick. Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't they didn't draft him where they did to not to not use him. And the, dude, the thing about Tank Bigsby is he like he's a he's a good pass catcher. I thought maybe Hasty would have the leg up on him. I mean, Hasty wasn't bad. Yeah, Michael Hasty stinks. I mean, we like him. He's from just up the road, but he stinks. He stinks. Dearness Johnson's better than Jermichael Hasty. I think you Tank think Bigsby so? comes. Yeah, yes. Jermichael Hasty kind of runs a little bit like a duck. He does. Look at the way he he runs with his feet pointed like pointed right at like pointed out like this. Little, uh, what do you call that? It's not bow legged. It's the opposite of it. It's a duck walker. Knee, knock knee. I think I think that might be a I think that might be some kind of slur. Do you have any other storylines before you get us canceled? I mean, there's Josh Downs. In Indianapolis, looking like the potential slot receiver and maybe second receiver after Michael Pittman for targets there in Indianapolis. Reggie Wayne loves him. He said he was the uh, that was the reporting that came out from there. They interviewed Reggie Wayne, the wide receivers coach there. I mean, of course, everybody knows Reggie Wayne, um, a guy who they a, a guy who they kept on staff, right? So, yeah. um, and who they listened to in the third round, saying this is my favorite receiver in this draft. So, I mean, he like he got his guy. It's just a, a rookie running quarterback who's going to be just getting his getting his feet wet, having a good wide receiver in Michael Pittman to deal with, a receiver who's not good, who but who the Colts might think is kind of good and still want to see what they have in an Alec Pierce. But he certainly squeezes in right between those guys, especially now with Paris Campbell gone. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Downs where he is. I mean, I like it's him good. as it's a potential the valve for – um, Richardson, but also he's a guy who can open up the field. He can stretch the field out of yeah, the slot. This spells the end for Ashton Doolin. R- R.I.P. to our good friend, the our good friend, the Podfather, who's, a, like who's an Ashton Doolin stand. There was one more, and that was that Jerome Ford looks like the number two behind Nick Chubb in Cleveland. And I, I don't think it matters, man. The more I look at, the more and. I, I think that people are starting to realize it. You know, he's 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 moving up in these underdog drafts, and the more I realize this, just like if he doesn't have anybody there to split this with, 
And Jerome Ford is clearly, clearly, clearly just going to be a backup to him, right? You, Nick Chubb, if you're – now, he's much better in half PPR and in standard leagues, right? But you're talking about a guy who in standard setups and Nick Chubb, even with the um, – even with, you know, other running backs to contend with, he's gotten you over 20 points in standard leagues, 25.81% of the time. The only, I mean, the only players better than that are Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and guess who else win healthy? Rashad Penny. Like, <laughs> I, I, so, I told you, Rashad yeah, Penny's a G. Which is just, oh, which is odd. To look, but Rashad Penny busts. So he, 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 he gets you less than seven fantasy points in standard 60% of the time. He gets you less than 10 fantasy points in PPR 67% of the time. So he's an up and down boom bust player. Whereas well, I mean, Nick Chubb, just, I, I think there's a lot of those are games where he wasn't healthier, just wasn't the feature back at that point. Nick, Nick, Nick Chubb is just going to bust for you once out of every five games. That was with guys like Kareem Hunt coming in there and taking snaps away from him. He's going to have the featured workload this year. Jerome Ford, as far as I'm concerned, um, he's a handcuff. He's a handcuff, but I think he's a, maybe a little bit of a higher priority handcuff. No, he's a higher priority handcuff because he's 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 going to be one of the only one of the only players there. Like who? I mean, who else? Do, I mean, they're they're not going to put in Demetric Felton. Yeah, you know, it's just like that's not going to that isn't going to happen. I think they brought in one UDFA. Um, let me just let me just pull that up real quick. So the Browns they brought in Cleveland. Nick Chubb's run for Demetric Felton. Oh yeah, I forgot. So they and then they also have John Kelly who hasn't done a damn thing in his NFL career. And then the, the UDFA they brought in was, um, what's his, looks like Hassan Hall, five, five foot 10, 196 pounds. Very, very, very puny. Who, yeah. Who's going to, who, who's going to have a, a bigger impact this year? Trash man. This is the big question. Hassan Hall or lucky Jackson. <laughs> Give me lucky. <laughs> <laughs>